How's the cost of living crisis affecting Welsh rugby clubs? And what is the WIU doing about it? Welcome to the Welsh Rugby Union podcast. We're here from Wales Women of the Rugby World Cup as well, of course, but first, the challenges back at home with rising prices in energy and other areas hitting rugby clubs as much as anyone else. WIU Community Director Garrett John addresses these issues. And in particular, what's the World Rugby Union trying to do about them? But we started by looking on the positive side. Garrett, you mentioned more people playing rugby on the opening Saturday than ever before. Often there's a picture of uh, negativity, but just tell us what is the picture out there at the moment? I think we always get negativity. It's Sometimes people like to do that from a rugby perspective, but... From my perspective, the key thing is we've got to look at our data and evidence that we have. And I'm not saying everything's perfect, right? We've got to be mindful of that. Is the world out there perfect? No. Do we want more people playing? Yes. But September the 3rd this year, it's our first full, what I call, weekend where people are saying no COVID. This could be the season, promotion, relegation, all rules and regulations are laid out. On September the 3rd this year, in the National Men's League in the Welsh Rugby Union, we had 124 games played. If you look at it back a little bit in previous years, in 2019-2020, which was the year when we went into COVID, on the first Saturday, we had 118 games played on the first Saturday. So we had six more games played this first Saturday than we had in 2019. Now, six more games, that's 12 more teams, do your maths of 12 times 15 players on the field. That's more players actually playing. 2018-19, we had 120 games. 2017-18, we had 119. And in 2016, when we started our registration and capturing our data, we had 112 games. Now, in 2016, yes, there was only 112 schedule and we played 112 and there was 100% success. We put a hand up in this season. Yes, we played 124 games. However, we did have 19 games that didn't play, you know, so it was only an 87%. So did we have a 100% record? No, we didn't. Are we concerned about those games that didn't play? Yes, we are concerned. We've got to look at that. Why weren't those games played? Out of that 13% that didn't play, 10% of those games have been rearranged. So again, it's only a small number that may not play. So are we concerned about the people who aren't playing? Yes, but it's sort of like... It's easy to look at the negative side of things and say, look, look at these games not playing. But also let's celebrate that on that particular Saturday, we had 124 games played. That means two teams per game, 248 teams out on the field, times 15 players enjoying what I call our national sport. Fantastic. And sometimes we should celebrate that, that we were able to allow people to go on the field and play a game of rugby on that particular Saturday. We were allowed sort of our volunteers to be out in fresh air, liaising, supporting, meeting people, interaction, the social interaction. We haven't had that for a long period of time, meeting people, communities coming together, supporters coming together, enjoying maybe a drink in the bar afterwards, enjoying each other's company, having fierce rivalry on the field living our values that after the game, they shake hands, support each other. That's what the game is all about. And we should celebrate that on that particular day. That's a large number of players played, but we've never had that on a Saturday before. 
we always react to social media. We can react to people who say, oh, the game is dying, the game is dead, etc." But we all love the game. We all want to be part of it. That's why I do the job. That's why a lot of people wanted to play. That's why those 248 teams played on that particular weekend. So let's also celebrate that. Let's nurture that celebration, nurture that energy, showcase that. And if we showcase that, People will want to be involved. People like to celebrate good things. And we may encourage more people to be part of this on a Saturday. We're trying to collect as much data and evidence as we possibly can. We need to gather a lot more information. We need to ask players more information, etc. It's important for us to gather that evidence and that data so that if we have all that information, then strategically we can make the right decisions moving forward. Because six years ago, we had 112. You know, now we've got 124. But where do we want to be in five years' time? You know, how many games do we want to be played? We want 100% completion, increase those number of games and increase those number of people playing in the field on a particular Saturday. And the only way we'll do that is by being together, supporting each other, showcasing how good this game is and getting people engaged in a fantastic sport. Sometimes we forget, we want to talk about the negativity, but let's talk sometimes about the positivity as well. But let's also, and for us as a union, we mustn't forget about the people who didn't play. And our job is also to support them. So we're not pushing them to one side. Yes, we're celebrating the good part, but also we're going to work hard to make sure that we want 143 games played on a Saturday. That was scheduled. We want That's where we want to go in the future. We'll work our hardest to try and secure that and make that happen. So moving on to the situation now with rising prices and all the rest of it, is this in some ways even more worrying than the COVID period? I think we haven't actually seen the effect of COVID yet, if we're really honest. Coming out of COVID, I think everybody just expected everything to be back to normal and everything isn't back to normal. You know, we have to remember that. And it's probably the toughest conversation that probably I have every single day and probably the team have on a daily basis. And especially now, we've got the energy crisis right now. And I don't like the word energy crisis, but we know that bills and everything's going to go higher. Is that for that to happen on top? And, and we're also seeing that people have decided to change a little bit of the way they live. We have to take all of these into account because, you know, you read every single day, ah, oh, Rugby's this, rugby this, rugby this, and sort of like, and that's what was a little bit, you know, not pleasing, but, you know, we talk as a as all other sports. I think we're all facing something here. And also we have to remember we're not the richest of countries and I'm not trying to down people on that one, but many of our children live in socially deprived areas. You know, we live below the poverty line and cost of sport and cost of recreation is going up. And people are very conscious of where they spend their money. The cost of rugby boots is high. The cost of traveling to a clubhouse. How do people get there? So is that going to affect people's uh, participation numbers for youngsters? And all of these things we're looking at right now. And I think what we're looking at is that how do we make sure that people are active? And, you know, we've got people on the ground with our minis and juniors. You know, we're talking about how do we actually look at our numbers Again, conversations that recreation of people's activities where everybody's 10 to 15% down on numbers. It's not just rugby is down on numbers. Everybody seems to be down on numbers. Does that have an effect? People look at the game, male game on a Saturday. Yes, it does. And then, you know, you look at, you know, youngsters. Youngsters also want to make sure that they have a little bit of pocket money. So what does a 17, 18-year-old uh, do on a weekend? If there's a possibility of a job, do they find a job and take that job offer to have some money to so they can spend in the week rather than play sports? 
So all of these things we are looking at, and that's not being doom and gloom in terms of this. I think we've got to look at this more than the COVID. I think it's a collective of it all. And uh, we have to remember that, you know, people are coming out. Do they want to spend all their every single Saturday of a weekend playing rugby? You know, we have to look at, you know, we've made decisions from a competition perspective. This is the way we want to go. But we also may have to be flexible in our approach moving forward. People are telling us also right now, some only want to play a certain number of games. Some people want to have time off with their family to go away on families during the season. You know, probably me and you, you know, brought up thinking from September till April, May, every Saturday was a rugby Saturday. That's the way I was brought up. But people have different opportunities right now. They're not wrong. We have to accept that. What do people want these days? You know, how many times do they want to play team? We've made a decision. We've got to keep monitoring. We keep being flexible. But we also have to make sure as a governing body and for us as a department, we're there to support. And that's what we'll do. I have a major passion for the game. It's what I love and I feel that sort of benefits of what rugby is. It's You look around Wales and the clubs are a hub of the community. It's the fabric of our nation. Rugby is there. It's everywhere that you look. And uh, yes, other sports are there as well. But it's for me, it's... It's what we live and breathe, what I live and breathe. I want it to be there in five years' time, 10 years' time, 15 years' time. I don't want it to fall down a route whereby there's no more club rugby and community rugby out uh, in local community. So there are difficult times. When you have difficult times, you don't sit back. You actually keep working hard and you keep getting people out there and you keep wanting to make sure that uh, you help people. It's, it's easy to criticise. And, you know, I read it on social media and I, and I get social media sort of advice from people and the advice is that it's dying. And the key thing is, you know, what are our solutions? What are we trying to do? How do we make it better? How do we make sure that the game is exciting? How do we make it fun? How do we make it enjoyable? How do we make it safe? How do we make the right competitions? Let's showcase the good part in our game because if we showcase the good part in our game and we all do that collectively together, people will want to be in our sport. We're hearing from clubs that the cost of living is having a a major impact on their finances. We're concerned around people are struggling and it was interesting last week you had a conversation with Welsh Government where they had other sporting organisations. I think every sport and every governing body is going through the same thing you know you talk about us as a, as rugby clubs where they want to open up and the cost of the uh, the floodlights going out on the field when players are training you know we had a conversation last week listening to uh, as i said the welsh government of football clubs feeling the same you had leisure trust as well you know heating the swimming pool and look at the number of swimming pools we have across wales and the cost and the increased cost of energy that's happening to them and it's not just a, a welsh rugby situation here i think it's right across all our sports but also you know at home as well it's probably the conversation that maybe you and i are having at home in terms of how do we save some of the energy and reduce our bills at home so is there concern yes we do have a major concern you know our clubs are part of our strategic pillar they are a major priority for us they are a hub of the community our rugby clubs not only provide opportunities for people to go there and play and train male female you know we have walking rugby disability rugby there minis juniors youth right across the board but also gathering places as well for people to come around and socialize the gatherings for people to have functions and parties and it, it is a concern for us what we would like to do is provide as much support we're there to help them we're at the end of a phone call sometimes you know it's social media will tell us you know this club is struggling please come forward to talk to us we have people on the ground who'll go out there have a discussion and we will look to see how we can help and support and we have done some of that during the past period of time as well what 
practical help can you offer clubs, given that so many of them are, uh, are facing difficult time? You can't just throw money at this as well. So we have actually been fortunate. We've worked with Sport Wales and we're very grateful for Sport Wales with regards to their Be Active Wales Fund. And, you know, we have supported floodlight projects in the region of £281,000 that's gone to rugby clubs to reduce their energy costs. And uh, we have also provided rugby clubs with an opportunity to access uh, a fixed deal with Amber Energy. And, uh, you know, we're very, very pleased that 63 of clubs have taken up that offer. You know, we'd, would we have liked more? Yes, we would. But some of the clubs are already in deals that they couldn't move from one deal to the Amber Energy. And some clubs didn't. But probably at the time when this Amber Energy deal went to our clubs, probably nobody was thinking that we'd follow COVID with a uh, an energy crisis. So within the whole bubble now, we've gone through one crisis and we're going through maybe a small one at the moment, but we have been able to provide that. And we're also we're looking and discussing right now with Energy Saving Trust, the opportunity to provide webinars for clubs to support them through this crisis. And we're also putting the paper together, which is sort of like a, a six-week helpline and help package for our clubs that these are the conversations that you should be having as a club so it could be week one have a conversation with a club what's our lighting situation at our clubs indoor at the club are we using the right light bulbs or should we be changing our light bulbs to actually reduce the cost in there week two what are you looking at what's the refrigeration system looking at what do we should be doing so there's lots of things that we can do we're just completing that paper right at this moment in time and once we complete that paper it's going to be in in english and in welsh for our clubs as well, which will be like a six-week plan on how to help them to reduce their energy costs. And then at the end of the month, we have the AGM here at the Parkgate Hotel, and we're going to hold workshops at the Principality Stadium for our clubs. We're going to ask our clubs, look, come to the Principality Stadium. We'll provide some workshops on the health of your club. We'll do some health checks for your club. We'll do a workshop on energy savings for your club. We'll provide some support around this. So, and also around our Macron kit deal as well. We provide some support around it, that element there to provide you maybe some more extra finance and vouchers to maybe, okay, if you're buying kit or clothing for a club, you can reduce your cost there and we'll support you with some Macron kit as well. So again, we're trying to do things to try and help and support clubs and, and also hopefully you have discussions with the clubs and say, look, what can you do to save a little bit of money during these periods of time as well? And are there certain times when you should be playing and shouldn't be playing? So as I said, we have staff we want to support. They are important to us. They're a fabric of, I think, of our nation. And there's a lot of history and tradition. And we want to keep as many of these uh, clubs going as much as we possibly can. And uh, we're here to help and support. And these clubs, they've just come through two years of COVID as well. Are you concerned at all that, you know, this situation now could be enough for some of these clubs and, and they might pack it in altogether? Like anything, we want every club to survive. And that was our mission at the beginning of March the 23rd, 2020, when we went into COVID. We want all our clubs to come through this. And uh, September the 3rd, you know, we had more games played on that Saturday than we've ever had before. Yes, there were games cancelled and we're conscious that, you know, some people and youngsters are making decisions that they may have to work more now during the week, evenings and weekends to bring money into the household to be able to pay these bills. We're conscious of, of that element and uh, we're monitoring that closely. And as I said, we're going to continue to work hard to help those particular clubs. Just come from a competitions committee today. How do we help and support clubs to try and get them to play? And that's what we'll continually do. When we came out of COVID, I don't think anybody thought that all of a sudden we'd go into this um, energy cost as well. And people have seen the increase of the cost for some of our clubs. And uh, 
not just clubs, it's households, it's individual people, ourselves as families, here at the stadium, other governing bodies and other sports as well. But we will do our utmost to help them. And are there concerns? Yes, there are. You know, there are you know, some clubs who haven't played yet this season. We're there to support them and we'll do our utmost to help them. We want every single club to continue. Sometimes they're very, very difficult. And as I always say to people, it's easy to criticise. Our job is to try and find solutions and we'll work hard to try and help and support these clubs. That's what we'll do. We'll go out and meet them. We'll go out and help them. And hopefully we'll make sure people do. But if people don't, how, how can we make sure that the following season, what can we do to support them? So is it a concern? Yes, it is. You know, as I said, all sports are facing this right now. And all I can do is promise everybody that we will do our utmost and work hard and be out there to support every single club as best as we possibly can because they are a major part of our strategy and we want people to play. You're listening to the Welsh Rugby Union podcast. And in detail there, loads of clubs to look into and help available for them. But now on to the Women's Rugby World Cup in New Zealand and it was close but Wales did what they had to and opened up with a win to improve sides from the last six nations up against Scotland. As we'll hear, it was an emotional week for squad captain Shuan Lillycrap, who began by telling Liz Jones her summary of that game. Um, I thought we started really, really well. You know, that middle bit really, we died off a bit. We could have taken more opportunities that were there and that's something we need to work on is our finishing. You know, we had line breaks and then discipline probably cost us. Scotland pressed for some time and then we were 15 all with uh, the clock in red. But then I think it just shows the heart again of this team to win the ball back off the kickoff, go through all those phases and then for Kira to nail that kick at the end, you know, was phenomenal. And, you know, that win is massive for us. So maybe we made it hard for ourselves, but I think it shows, number one, the um, courage of Kira, but secondly, the desire of the team to make sure we kept that possession and win that penalty at the end. You were watching from the bench, Hannah was captain. How proud were you of, of the team in that period? Yeah, I was so proud of the team. You know, I thought they started superbly. You know, I had a bit of a different role last weekend and, you know, if that was what was best for the team and coming off the bench then and, and bringing my experience on, you know, that was my role the weekend and hopefully I, I fulfilled that. But I thought the team started superbly and then the fashion that we won it at the end was absolutely fantastic. So, yeah, it was... Uh, one of those games again where your heart was in your sleeves for long periods of time, but you know we we did it, so it was uh, that, that win is massive for us. There's a lot of experienced players there, which was important at that time. You know, to hold the ball like 30 odd phases. How proud were you of that? Because you know the skills there were excellent. One night to Yeah, absolutely fantastic. The kick off to regather that to then go through those tight carries, making sure we were securing those breakdowns because you know they were looking to get a turnover as well. So none of us wanted a draw was the reality because I'm not sure if that would have helped any of us in this pool. So you know they were also chomping at it to try and get that turnover and get the ball back. But to keep that possession, tired bodies going 30 plus phases, girls standing up numerous carries on the bounce, you know, was a great sense of character but hopefully we don't leave it that long moving forward you know maybe we can win games a bit earlier and, and hold teams out and I think you know that that would be better for all the supporters watching as well because it, it is very tense but yeah it was a, what a way to end. This week back in Auckland Blackfords on their own turf. Yeah so excited you know there's no better game really than facing the home opposition 
in their home turf in the Rugby World Cup, the biggest stage, and it's been fantastic out here so far in New Zealand. We're loving it, but you know we get to face the Black Ferns, which is brilliant. And yeah, we're just embracing it. We're, our eyes have now turned. We reviewed Scotland, you know, reviewed that heavily and looked at ourselves, and now our eyes have turned to focusing on that big fixture. But you know, we can take a lot of belief and growth from that game against Scotland, but also lots to work on. So you know, we'll be working hard again this week to put in a big performance. You faced them in other World Cups and trained against them last season as well. It's a fantastic opportunity, isn't it, to go out and show what you can do. Yeah, it's always a great test match against the Black Ferns. You know, we played them in 2017 World Cup in the pool stages as well. And actually, I, I, if I remember rightly, we took it to them that first half of that game and it was, it was a good test match. It's about playing for a full 80 now. We played at a training game against them uh, last autumn's time up in, up in London when they were over test matches and that was a great exercise for us as well. They probably play a different brand of rugby than we used to in the Six Nations in the Northern Hemisphere. But that's exciting for us, you know, it's, it's another challenge for us to challenge ourselves against a different opposition that we don't face every year. But yeah, we've got to get our heads down this week now and, and really work hard to make sure we get make a good account of ourselves. Is it like um, a cup final each week now? Definitely, it is like a cup final. You know, I think, as I've said, that win against Scotland was hugely important. We've got that, but we've still got a job to do and we've got to go out there and, and put in performances because most we can take out of these games, the best position we will be in to qualify for the quarterfinals. And that's what ultimately we want to do. You know, We want to qualify for the quarterfinals and then it's all to play for. So, yeah, we'll definitely be looking to prepare ourselves well and take it to the Blackburns on Sunday. And there's some great Welsh crowd in Bangray on the weekend. There's a sellout, 4,000 for this game. Our Welsh fans in Bangray out uh, did the Scottish fans. They were really loud, all our families and, and other supporters that obviously live out here. They were fantastic, really got behind us. We're grateful for all the travelling support we've got. They've been brilliant so far. So I'm sure they'll turn up in, in big voice on Sunday. But also, you know, it's going to be a different type of crowd. It's a sellout. There's going to be a lot of... Blackfern fans there so they'll be extra special this weekend and I know everyone's tuning in from back home and, and being behind us and that it's really nice when we come off the field it's all those messages of support as well so keep tuning in keep supporting us and keep getting behind us because it means a lot out here in New Zealand. The last week was a difficult one for you but it's important to like have your team around you. Yeah definitely you know it's probably one of the toughest weeks I've had to face in my life losing my grandfather yeah you know he was he was my biggest supporter and best friend but you know, he would have wanted me to play. And I, um, as my mum said, he had the best view in the house on, on Sunday watching over, over us. And, you know, I'm sure he was willing that kick over at the end as well. So, but, you know, everyone's been fantastic out here and hopefully we did him proud. And, and yeah, my family are all back home supporting and my mum's out here. So it's been, you know, really special. And yeah, she did her granddad proud. Much more from Wales Women and the rest of Welsh Rugby and Welsh Rugby Union podcast. Keep looking out for extra material. But for now, goodbye.